You know the word overload, don't you? That, that feeling that you're in water and it's not here on you, but it's here and you're sinking quickly. I know you know what overload feels like because this week I put out a question on Facebook and the question was, what makes you feel like you are about to go in overload? 250 responses. Do you know why? Because that's the world we're living in right now. See, overload isn't the one thing. Overload is the five things that hit you. Here, here, were, here was a list of a few of them. Works, school, digital learning, grief, health, church being closed. Sorry about that. Change from COVID, bills, job, future, media, elderly family, unrest in our country, raising kids, expectation of self, finances, the election, life, balance, riots and division, no break or vacation, politics, mask, all of those things contribute to this emotion of overload. I, I will tell you this. I don't believe it was anything that God created for us to experience. And I believe he has something to say to us today. So right where you are today, would you just ask the good shepherd to speak to you? Would you? Would you just pray? Father, if we've ever needed to hear from you, we need to hear from you today. God, in the middle of the madness, in the middle of the craziness, will you pull us out of it for a few minutes and give us a glimpse of what you have for us? Father, that is my prayer, and that is the prayer I give to you today in Jesus' name. Amen. If I've never met you before, my name is Mike, and it's an honor to get to join with you in this series we call Panic because we know this overload leads quickly to panic, right? And I think we all get that feeling. I think we all get it. The question is, how do we navigate our way through it? So I want you to do me a favor. Take your Bibles, turn to the book of Psalms. Psalm chapter 23 is where we're gonna be. Uh, if you've got your app out, it's probably the best way, North Star Church, Georgia. You can download that app really quickly and all the notes and uh, the, the passages are in there. They're great. You can uh, email them to yourself. So let, let's back up a week. We talked about worry and anxiety last week, and we talked about this psalm having answers for us. Now, here's why. David wrote this psalm, not early in his career, late in his career, so he was, he was on down the road a little bit, was his perspective looking back. The other interesting part about this psalm is it was written from the perspective not of the shepherd talking to the sheep, but from the sheep talking to the shepherd. Now, no other word is used for people in Scripture more than sheep. So when David writes this, he's writing almost for the perspective of all of us. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up in Fayetteville, Georgia, we didn't, I mean, we were out in the country a little bit, but I didn't know any sheep herders and I didn't know any shepherds. They weren't people, when I was going through my uh, choosing my career in high school, I didn't choose shepherd. I, I don't know a lot about it, but there are people who do. 
In fact, there was a guy named Philip Keller. He wrote a great book called A Shepherd's Look at the 23rd Psalm. And he went out and he spent time as a shepherd. And he wanted to learn, if I learn what a shepherd's going through, how differently will I look at the psalm? And he said something really interesting about sheep. Now, get this. He's talking as a shepherd about sheep. Sheep struggle to rest. Do you find that to be true? Rest doesn't come naturally to sheep. Sheep are nervous animals that don't quickly calm themselves. And there's a couple of different reasons. He, he said this about sheep. He said, to rest, they have to be free from all their fears. Do you, do you know that a sheep won't lie down if there's any fear of their surroundings? Like, uh, another animal that's going to intrude on their pen or something going on with the weather that causes them to be not restful. So for sheep to rest, they have to be free from all their fear. that interesting? The other thing he said was they have to be free from friction with other sheep. So this is pretty funny, and I know this wouldn't be true of you, but, but sometimes sheep don't get along real well and they'll, they'll butt heads with each other and they, like there'll be one that sort of stirs up trouble in the pen and they have to isolate that sheep because that sheep will keep the others at friction with them and therefore the sheep can't calm themselves and rest. So I know that doesn't happen in your family, but, but there are times that there's people in other families, they don't get along really well and they butt heads with each other. And even people in work, and I don't, I don't know if you know this, but even people on Facebook will, will punch each other a little bit and get the, I know you would never do that, but other people do, and they'll, they'll get each other going a little bit. Sheep don't rest if there's friction. Sheep will also not rest if there's any like parasites or bugs or anything. Hopefully you don't have those, but they're keeping them from calming themselves. And the last thing he wrote was he said, sheep have to feel free from all hunger. They can't experience any hunger. If any of those four things are present, sheep don't rest. You don't think we sound like sheep? You don't think our lives are parlaying what even these animals go through? I think there's a reason that he called us sheep all throughout Scripture, even into the New Testament. Listen to what the psalmist said, Psalm 23, verse 1. The psalmist said, the Lord is, and I want you to underline, highlight, circle it, the Lord is my shepherd. Remember, a sheep is only as good as their shepherd, right? You could have one shepherd over here with starving sheep. You could have another, another shepherd over here with sheep that are lying down and restful. It's all the quality of the shepherd, not the quality of the sheep. The Lord is my shepherd. And remember, he's writing from the perspective of a sheep. And I have all that I need. There's nothing in my life that I'm wanting. He gives me all that I need. And then this is where we'll get into this week. He lets me rest in green meadows. And he leads me beside peaceful Streams. So the shepherd not only takes care of me, he gets me to rest. So here's the question of the day. 
How in the world, in the middle of the madness that you and I are living in, do we begin to find rest? How in the world, in the middle of the craziness of life, as it's increasing and pressures are increasing and all those things I named earlier, right? They hit us from the minute we get out of bed. How in the world do we find rest in the middle of that? Three things, ready? Pen, pencil, something to write with, something to type with, on, or with your thumbs this morning. I want you to remember this. I am never alone. Never you are never alone. See, a sheep, their job was to stay with the shepherd. They had to trust the shepherd, and when they stayed alongside the shepherd, they were never alone. And I want you to write this little thought in. As your good shepherd Jesus is always with you. So it's really interesting. This is the, for those of you that may be a little new to the Bible, this is the Old Testament that we're reading. In the New Testament, Jesus comes right in the book of John and he goes, hey, I want you guys to know, I am the good shepherd. You are never alone. Well, Mike, I feel alone, but you're not. But Mike, my circumstances say I'm alone. Don't listen to your circumstances. You are never alone. It was really interesting. Philip Keller said there were some nights he could see that his sheep would not want to rest, and he would stand in the middle of them while they slept with a gun to watch over the surroundings so they could lie down and sleep. Do you know that there's a heavenly father who watches over your life, that if you're one of his children, there is not a second of your day that is unaccounted for. Did you know that? Psalms 139 tells us that. Whether I go in or whether I go out, he's there. Whether I go to the heights of heaven or the depths of the earth, he's there. Before a thought is ever even on my lips, He already knows it. He knows every hair on my head. And then the psalmist said, how precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast are the sum of them. Were I to number them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. You are never alone. So God did not call you in to send you out and go, hey, good luck, have a great time. I hope the animals don't eat you up. You know what we do to ourselves? We wander away. See, the crazy part of the whole story is there are times even in my own journey, the reason I feel alone is I've wandered away from my shepherd, at least emotionally. Listen to what Hebrews said. This is so good. This is out of the Amplified Version. So it'll, it'll take, and it's a great, great way to read the Bible. It takes it and then just sort of magnifies it and blows it up. Listen to what he said. Let your character or moral disposition be free from the love of money, including greed, avarice, lust, craving for earthly possessions, and be satisfied with your present, the circumstances and with what you have. For he, God himself, has said, listen to what he said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, 
nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless nor forsake or let you down. Relax my hold on you, assuredly not. He will never leave you alone. Right where you're at this morning, I've got some friends sitting here in the room this morning. Right where you're at this morning, would you thank God that he never leaves you alone? Would you just say, God, thank you, I'm never alone? Would you just say that? God, thank you, I'm never alone. When those times come, and when those panic overwhelmed, overloaded feelings like it's all on me come. I want you to remind yourself of this simple truth. You are never alone. He stands guard over your life. He watches after you. Why? Because he loves you. Principle number two. I will only rest when I'm full. I will only rest when I'm full. See, that sheep's belly had to be full for it to find rest. Well, how do we fill ourselves up on his word? So I'm just going to tell you, this is a little Michael Lynch time. This is Michael Lynch therapy, okay? Do you know why sometimes I'm not full of his word? Because I'm starving his word and I'm filling myself up on the fears and thoughts of the world. Well, listen, I got to know the news. I'm not saying don't watch the news. I'm not saying you don't need to know what's going on. Not, not what I'm saying. But if I take in more of that than I do this, no wonder I can't rest. No wonder I feel overloaded and overwhelmed and panicked. Because this voice is louder than this voice. For some of us, and I'm talking to me, I need to magnify what God has to say and minimize what the world has to say. I I need to know what's going on, but I don't need it on 24-7. I determine in the first 15 minutes of my day what kind of day I'm going to have and what voice I'm going to listen to. Either I go to his word first or I go to Instagram and Twitter first. Which one? And you know what I find on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook? Division, people being mad. I even, listen, I even had a guy throw a shot in the Facebook post about what makes you feel overwhelmed. I had a guy take a shot. So am I gonna, am I gonna, and I'm not over it. All right, am I gonna take this? Or am I gonna say, God, I wanna know what you have. I want you to write this down. Day by day. What I ate from his word yesterday was good, but I got to eat it again today. And I got to eat it again tomorrow. See, fullness doesn't come. You think back in the Old Testament, this manna that was given the children of Israel, referenced it last week. So children of Israel are bought out of bondage. They cross the Red Sea and they don't have anything to eat. So God provided manna. It was enough to sustain them every day. Not too much, not too little, just enough. 
His word is just what we need. I want you to write down a little thought. So feed on it daily. He makes me rest in green meadows. In fact, one of the passages, the ESV says, he makes me lie down there. He knows it's a safe place. Now, here's the interesting part about it. That area where most shepherds would take their sheep is very dry and arid. What would make for a lush meadow? Not only a shepherd that led his sheep, but that shepherd would take care of that patch of land to make sure it was good for his sheep to graze. And there was enough there for them to eat. And they could rest there. This book will never get old to you. I came to know Christ at 14. I'm not 14 anymore. So I've been, been at this for a little while. You know what I find? When I'm intentional to get in his word, there's always something new. Mike, I don't even know where to begin. Great place to begin. On our website, on the app, is a little thing called Digging Deeper. Click Digging Deeper. It is a day-by-day quiet time for you to take in God's Word that's based off Larry Gray's. You know Larry from being up here with us. Larry's a brilliant, brilliant speaker and, and writer. It is a day-by-day journey to help you take in God's word for your life. Listen to what Deuteronomy said. He put you through hard times. He made you go hungry. Then he fed you with manna, something neither you nor your parents knew anything about, so you would learn that men and women don't live by bread only. We live, listen to this, by every word that comes out of God's mouth. This Bible is every word he wanted you to know. Job said it this way, I have not departed from his commands, but I have treasured his words more than daily food. I want you to take a second right where you are, would you? And just close your eyes briefly and say, God, I want to be hungry for your word and for you to fill me. Would you pray that? God, I want to be hungry for your word and you to fill me. Number three, I know the way when I listen and I obey. I know the way when I listen and obey. He leads me beside the peaceful streams. I hear his voice, and I follow it. I hear his voice, and it calms me down. See, here's what we know about sheep. (laughs) Sheep have terrible instincts. You know that in, in a herd, there were times one sheep would run off, and the other sheep, because they don't know, they follow after the one that ran off. And back during that time, in some of those areas, a sheep would run off and they didn't know that there was a cliff right beyond that hill and they would run right off that cliff. They have terrible instincts to navigate their lives. 
See, one thing you don't have to tell me is about bad instincts. If I'm driving, Ann will go, we've been somewhere before, and she goes, when we get there, do we go right or left? And I have terrible instincts. I'm like, right. She's like, we've done this 20 times. It's left. Dadgummit, I'll get it next time, right? I just don't have good driving instincts. I don't pay attention. I'm talking or talking on the phone or listening to the Braves game and my mind's somewhere else. But I'm that way trying to navigate my life. I better not trust me to get where I need to go. I better follow the shepherd. So here's what a shepherd does. A shepherd doesn't stand behind his sheep and herd them in mass. He is out in front, listen, leading him by his voice. It's not a screaming voice. It's that calm voice that they know, listen, because they hear it every day. Jesus said this in John 10. He said, the sheep know my voice. They come to me. And some of us, we feel overloaded because church hadn't really been a big thing for us during this quarantine. We started strong and then Man, watching online's hard, and I, I missed it some. This is what people are telling me now. I missed it some weeks, and man, I missed this week, and and the and the world just keeps coming, and we feel like Mike, our friend, felt in that video. We just are overloaded. And the shepherd goes, I don't want you to be by yourself. I don't want you to journey by yourself. I want you to follow me. Trust me. Well, it's been a minute for Ann and I, but I, I remember when Casey and Mary Michael were little. Not a care in the world. And we'd be somewhere and they would go to sleep. And you know that sleep that kids go into? Like their bodies go limp. And I remember carrying them up the stairs in our old house. Casey was 16, and I'm carrying him up the stairs in our old house, and his legs, he wasn't 16, but his legs are hitting the wall, and Mary Michael's feet are hitting the rail, but they're gone to the world, not a care in the world. You know why they could do that? They knew mom and I were there, and everything was gonna be okay. We may not have felt that way. But they as children didn't trust their own instincts. They didn't trust their own way. They didn't trust their own path. They trusted us. Hey, we've tried the other way. Let's try him. Mike, you tell me that works in 2020? You bet it does. Crave him. His words last. Starve all the other stuff. You can, you know, you gotta know it's there, but don't let it have its say with you. Why? It's gonna lead you off the cliff. Would you just take a second right where you are today? I don't want you to go anywhere. Don't don't tune out. Oh, Mike's done. I'm tuning out. No, no, no. We're not even done yet. You need this. You got the rest of the day. Would you say, 
Jesus, I want to hear your voice. And I want to listen. And I want to obey it. Would you pray that? I want to hear your voice. And I want to listen. And I want to obey. Would you just tell him that right where you're at this morning?